This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Right now, we're in a series titled Praying Steadfastly. One of the reasons we don't pray steadfastly is because we lose sight of what God has said about prayer. And so we're looking at the conditions. These are the things that the Lord has said. If you pray this way, uh, you are guaranteed answers. And, uh, and as we look ahead to an important week of ministry, uh, we hear the challenge from a missionary, what God is doing, and even the encouragement tonight to pray specifically. We, uh, the main condition for answer prayers, you've got to ask. Uh, but he also reminded us, and I appreciated that reminder, ask specifically, okay? Ask the Lord specifically uh, for what you need, seeking his will to even direct uh, in that. Uh, while we were uh, on this missions trip, you heard some great preaching. I've been listening to those messages uh, and appreciated Pastor Long's message about rejoicing even in the midst of tribulation uh, we can just hunker down and and think well the Lord's coming back I've got to uh, just kind of get through this that's not the perspective of a Christian and then uh, the message that Pastor uh, Wagar preached on when on Sunday night what a blessing uh, what a challenge who God is uh, we learn that from the Psalms in the midst of severe testing. But tonight we're going to talk about another condition for answered prayer, and that is praying unanimously. Let's review. In our last study, we noted that the primary condition for answered prayer is asking. We looked at some important texts on that. Uh, the main one being Jesus says, you have not because you ask not. Okay? So ask. The Lord then expects us to pray persistently again Luke chapter 11 he is not like an unkind friend and I won't even review these uh, illustrations that the Lord used but the Lord's not like that he's not like an unnatural father or, or an unjust judge uh, Luke 18 1 to 8 but God uh, but let, let's just say this if God was like that I'm so glad he's not but if he was like that, we could still get our requests by persistent asking. And that's what Jesus is saying. That's what he's teaching there. Now, our Father is not like that. In fact, our motivation is to go persistently to our perfect Father. He's perfect because he desires it. He desires to hear our asking and to respond. And he loves us infinitely. Brother Henry said, I love my boys. Well, that pales compared to how the Father in heaven loves his kids. All right, and so uh, we're to ask and we're to ask persistently. But here's a second precept, all right, condition for answer prayer. Pray unanimously. I'm so thankful you're here tonight because God does want us to pray agreeing as his church, this assembly, God's people, 
uh, when we pray. Now, the clearest teaching on this precept is in Matthew 18. Look at verse 18. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree. Now, let me just pause for a moment. What does James teach us? The effectual, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And who's the example? Elijah. Well, here, it's not just one, it's two. If two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. We often will quote that. Where two or three are gathered, the Lord is there. I'm so thankful Jesus is here tonight. Lord, we welcome you. You need to be the focus of everything that we do. He is present here with us. But it's two or three are gathered and he is in the midst. He wants us to understand that divine presence, his divine presence. So we're going to examine the truth that our Lord taught that we pray unanimously. This precept condition is important to our asking if we are to see answers to prayer. Now the clearest teaching of this precept is Matthew 18. Let's look at what the very words mean. Let's try to uh, get some more insight on that, though it's, it's pretty clear, pretty obvious. Bind and loose, verse 18. The phrase to bind and to loose uh, was often used by the Jews. It meant to prohibit or to permit. To bind a thing was to forbid it, to loose it, uh, uh, or to allow it to be done. So to prohibit or permit. We're saying to the Lord in agreement with another brother or brothers and sisters in Christ, and, and there should be a lot of unanimity when we pray according to his will in a setting like this, but what are we doing? We are prohibiting. Lord, don't let this happen. We don't believe it would be your will for this to happen. Or, Lord, would you permit this to happen? This is your will. We know what you say in your word. Would you permit this to happen? And when we pray that way, God says, heaven agrees. Wow. Agree, verse 19, the Greek word is symphonia. It's used primarily of musical instruments that make the same sound. It's where we get our word symphony. Uh, then of harmony, uh, symphony, where the sounds agree. I, I love that comparison. I, I love the sound of a beautiful orchestra, a symphony. Do you know how precious and wonderful it is in the ears of God when his people symphonize and agree and come to him in faith believing? And then touching, God says, touching or concerning anything. You can go back through those verses and look at the promise. So here's the explanation. This is from Albert Barnes. 
I'm, I'm sorry, from John Broadus, uh, who, who said this, whatever Christ people assembled in their organized congregation or church may decide is ratified in heaven by God. Now that's what God said, that's not what Broadus thinks. But he agrees. Go on, unless, of course, the decision be in itself wrong. We don't pray to consume it on our lusts. We don't pray with any selfishness in mind, though I will pause and remind you that Jesus said, ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. Is the father interested in making his children joyful? The Bible teaches that. Do you enjoy doing things that make your children joyful? That's just that's one of the joys of being a parent. Uh, we can't always do it, and sometimes we may be doing it for the wrong reason, whatever, but not the Father in heaven. Okay? The point is that Broadus is making we don't pray outside of the will of God. The point is that the church has God's authority to decide. The power that sometime before given to Peter, remember the keys to the kingdom, is now clearly given to others. The church expresses the view not of an individual but a number of Christians concurring in an opinion and so is more likely to have the divine approval. Now any petition... Anything that you ask, verse 19, in which two Christians unite will be granted by God. So here's the question. Why has God agreed to prohibit or permit those things that his people agree on in prayer? Why did God do that? Well, we could take time to discuss this. We don't have the time to do that. But here, here are some thoughts. First, because they are more likely to ask for the right things. What do you, what do you think about that one? There is part of this that, yes, if I pray publicly, I really need to be thinking about, am I asking according to the will of God? Because there are other people here who know whether I am or not. By the way, in corporate prayer meetings, I have heard people pray things. And up to that point, people were agreeing, amen, yes, and somebody will ask a request and it gets quiet. Why? I'm not so sure about that one. Okay, so yes to a point, but that's not the primary reason. Look at your, your next page. Because they will encourage one another's faith. What do you think, yes or no? Well, sure, yes. Uh, if I've got a burden and I share that burden with a brother and he says back to me, here's what the scripture says about that. And then he pauses, he says, hey, you and you, come over here, let's, let's pray. Will that encourage me? Sure. The primary reason, though. How about this one? Because God gives larger blessings when many pray. <clears throat> Wrong answer. Okay. It's not that. Well, and by the way, our children do this, don't they? Hey, let's ask Dad for. Hey, everybody, come on, okay? 
And so here comes, when you have 11, I, I've experienced this, all right? Here, here they come with a petition. And uh, it, uh, it can be intimidating. We don't intimidate God, all right? And so God gives larger blessings when many... No, no, that's not it. But number four is, listen, because of a special manifestation of Christ's presence. The Lord Jesus is here in our midst tonight, hallelujah. And when we pray in faith, believing together, binding, loosing, with his special presence, he delights in those settings to answer. When the Lord Jesus talks about two or three being gathered in his name, verse 20, he is speaking about those who have gathered in reference to him. Why are we here tonight? I hope you're not here because you thought it might make your pastor happy, though it does. Okay, I love seeing Wednesday night crowds because not only do I enjoy seeing you and, and it's precious to have your fellowship, but guess what? You're putting your priorities in the right place here to pray. Okay, but look back at, at your notes. Two or three, again, Together, uh, Christ is present. Uh, he is speaking about those who have gathered in reference to him with a desire to please him and fulfill his cause, not their own. To fulfill his cause. Now here's the application. The significance of this passage is not that two or three believers are gathered together in agreement but that Christ is present in that setting and he makes their requests his own and takes action. Twice in verse 18, the Savior used the word whatsoever. In your notes, would you just circle that? Whatsoever. Do you think the Lord chooses his words carefully? Purposefully, every one of them. Every word of God is pure, meaningful. All right, so when he says whatsoever to describe what could be bound on earth, that we need to take seriously. He said anything, verse 19, disciples would ask, would be what? Done. Yet the New Testament also gives God's people specific areas in which he agrees to prohibit or permit those things that his people agree on in prayer. So I'm going to give you some examples. We're not going to be able to elaborate on these. If you're a student of God's word, you understand uh, these. But God takes seriously that first bullet there, church discipline. By the way, Matthew 18 is the context. And then 1 Corinthians 5 gives us instruction where God's people agree that someone who is unrepentant needs to be disciplined in the church, disciplined out of the church. Now, they don't stop be, being part of Christ's body. I don't mean to suggest that. But out of the fellowship, 
delivered unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh. Does God do that? When a church agrees according to the word of God together and they pray that way, yeah, God, God does. That's bound in heaven. That's why anyone who's under church discipline ought to be extremely concerned to rapidly come back to God. The church has agreed on something and God agrees too. Next, deliverance from physical sickness. That's James uh, chapter 5. I believe if you look at that context, it's a sickness unto death, but where uh, then the elders of the church are called together, they pray, seek the Lord's will. If they can pray the prayer of faith, there's an anointing that happens, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. What a wonderful passage. And, uh, and we've seen that happen here. I've seen it happen in other ministries where there's agreement by the elders. They take it to the Lord and the Lord says, I agree too. And there's a miraculous healing. Or Acts 12 and verse 5, danger. Peter's in prison. James has already been killed. Peter's next. And the saints are all gathered and they're praying together. They're agreeing, Lord, deliver Peter. The Lord says, I agree too. Sends an angel down and you remember how that story goes. And, and, uh, and it encourages me because when we pray in agreement, it doesn't have to be perfect faith. Remember what happened at this prayer meeting? Peter gets delivered. He comes right to the house where he knows they're probably meeting for prayer. Send a teenager to the door. Rhoda? Ah! Looked like Peter. Hey, I think it's Peter. And these spiritual people who were agreeing in prayer, nope, it's his ghost. Okay. God kept his end of it. And I'm so thankful about my God. Lord, I believe, help mine unbelief. And so, uh, deliverance from danger. And then greater powerful gospel ministry. You can look at Acts 4, those, those three passages that we actually studied in detail recently. But... Uh, Things were happening in the early church with the apostles. Everybody gathers together. They pray. They agree. God grants more power. And the church just continues to grow and experience uh, gospel power and blessing. So let's conclude. This is not fanciful, hope this works kind of stuff. I love this quote, prayer is not the use of magic, but the application of spiritual law and conformity of one spirit thereto through the obedience of faith. So let's pray unanimously. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241.
We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.